Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast for smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny-pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms, or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off on an autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away boys. We have been trying now for about a month, possibly more, to get a single fucking suite of logos done. And it's just, we even got got a refund from one twonk because it was just suddenly fucking crap. So, if you're a logo designer listening to this, by all means get in touch. John, J O N, at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. <laughs> Fix our paint. Yeah, how did yeah, you get the thing? I've engaged a handful of designers. Some of them didn't even make it past the initial hello because they were so obnoxious. One guy we did pay money to. I'd seen his work. I knew him well. I shared an office with him once upon a time, trusted him. I remember him. Uh, yeah. was not happy with the quality of work that he delivered. Well, I saw so it. I, was, I thought, um, and I'm not joking, one of it looked like fucking, it reminded me of nothing more than Morrison's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, so, I don't think it makes sense because I carried on talking. So it was the last hurrah. We've gone to, what is it, that that website that you re- you said? Oh, let's just 99 Designs, which I've heard good things about. I've heard really good things about it and all, and we, we've paid, what, not much, 250 quid? I think we've, have we paid yet? Yeah, yeah, you pay up front, which is the problem with this. That's, that's why I well, said... What happens if we don't we like any of them? We have to. Well, we're not going to. I'd rather just walk away. They're shit. They're no, like a fucking tin of This is what I said to Holly. I said, scrap this. These are shit. If no more are coming, like, let's just fucking just call it a day here. And she, we can't. The money's been paid. And we have to choose one, and we can't get. Oh, we don't. I think think that's bollocks. (laughs) I was like, in in the spec, it's like in the spec, it says thirty plus designs to choose from. We've got three. (laughs) Either way, and they're they're all shit. Like so shit. The first, did we? Did we? We did speak about this yesterday. One's a soup brand. One's a meditation brand, and the other one, shit rip off Italian car brand. Well, I have got an idea which we can pursue offline because it means mentioning someone's name, which I'm not going to do here. But we've, there's a couple of people I don't want LinkedIn who might be interested. But there's a fuck to pay anyone up front, not after the fucking debacle we've had. I'm I'm inclined for us to, for me and you actually, not because it's our fucking company. Me and you to put our heads together and just sketch something out and then put it on a site like fucking Upwork and just say to someone, make this look professional and in the appropriate things. Because then at least it will look good or we, we will think it will look good because everything I've seen so far has looked like shit. But well, happy again, shit I'm got very differing design philosophies, so that could be a lot of fun. <laughs> anyway, let's fucking move on because I've had enough of it. Oh, graphic designers, shoot me. Fucking hate, I'd say, oh, fucking hate graphic designers. They should be outlawed. And the thing is, we've gone high end, we've gone low end, you know, we've paid fucking over a grand on one of it and we've gone low end elsewhere and it's just been the same terrible experience across every price point. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I would go so far as to say, dire as they fucking well are, 
those ones we got from 99 designs are better than the, the shit that bloke turned in because that was just beyond the fucking pale it seems like we paid 20 quid for the fucking logos and 1280 for the fucking pdf that he put together to demonstrate them to us oh god that pdf was hilarious what are builders like bricks wood Roofs. <laughs> fucking hell oh, what the fuck is wrong with people honestly anyway so <laughs> which actually segues nicely into what i want to talk about today like why people don't buy <laughs> that does segue perfectly you know, the reason we haven't paid for any of the designs yet is that the pain of actually changing and having those goddamn awful fucking designs is actually much more painful than sticking with the shit we've got that I threw together with a crappy, crappy fucking font and, and Photoshop. Mm, yeah, um, and that shitty stock image that I slightly manipulated as well. We're, we're yeah. still using that in places. Oh well, yeah, good well, It's better than it's better than anything else we've seen. It is mm. that fucking cheap. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, you know, it's, that's the embarrassing thing. Mm. Now, the thing is, people won't change. Seriously, p- people won't won't buy and because well, b- because the pain of, of buying, the pain of the change it requires, whether it's large or small, is greater than the pain of staying the same. It's, this is really fundamental. And I remember, I mean, some people listening to this, if they've been following my work for a while, they'll know about my Fat John moment. For those who don't, probably just over 10 years ago now, it got to the point, I mean, I'm five foot four and seven eighths, just under five foot five. And I got to the point when I was just under 13 stone and it wasn't muscle. I had a 39 and a half inch waist. I looked like a little ball, you know, mm. like a little pot-bellied pig. It was, not, it was not a good look by any stretch of the imagination. And I remember, I knew I was overweight. And I used to, I hated being that way, but I was never that bothered to do something about it, you know, because the pain of, I knew what it would entail. I knew it would entail going to the gym and restricting my diet, stopping drinking a bottle of wine every night, which at that point it became a habit. But what actually tipped me over the edge was just, and I've even got the link somewhere here still on my browser and in my bookmarks. It was just an article on the BBC website about a bloke who was just coincidentally a bit older than me, who'd been almost literally at death's door, had been told by the doctors, you know, if you don't lose weight, you're going to be dead within a year. I think he had a heart attack as well. And he started cycling which was probably the important poke I needed. Um, and I just, re- I just want this, these flashes of, it's like an epiphany, you know, fuck, this is not going to end well unless I end it myself. It's like I've said before, I was actually writing, we're talking about the book I'm writing. I write about it in the book about, you know, business owners are trapped in a cycle. I was trapped in a cycle of my own making. Um, and they are too. They're too busy working hard to keep the cash flow coming in to stop and take a breather and work on the businesses. They are like running down the hill and they can't stop. Or another way to look at it is, you know, imagine if you're inside a spin dryer and it's spinning, you're stuck against that wall like the clothes are and you can't get out of it. The only way to get out of the cycle is for the cycle to be broken. And that's usually done from the outside. Now, for me, the outside influence was this website, this, this article. For guys in the trades that we help, for for them, often the outside influence is us in a, in a Q&A like we got tonight or in a one-on-one call or in, in a product or a service. Something, you know, they'll read something from us or a critique or something which will stop that spin cycle and get them out of it. Oh, don't well, mention the name, but this morning on the calls we hold with our higher-end clients, someone was telling us about how well domestic side of things were going yeah and it was operating 50 55 percent profit margin on these jobs and uh you went 
it's almost like we know what we're talking about. And he went, you're absolutely right. Because if you told me I'd be doing this to myself a year ago, I would have laughed at you and said, absolutely fucking not. I ain't going to happen. I would have, yeah, I ain't going to happen because that's not how I do things. And it took us as an external force to break his cycle of taking on shit, low margin work. Yeah, I've seen it happen loads of times in different ways. I mean, the good thing about us working in the trades is that most of them have the same problem. And they, they think it's different. Everything makes me laugh yeah. in a way, not, not in any, any malicious way, but it makes me laugh when they get in a hot seat or on the Q&A and you hear them talking and to them. And it's quite understandable because of the sol- solipsism. They think, I'm the only one who feels this way. It's a bit like being autistic, actually. You think you're the only one in the world, but then you meet other autistic people and think, fuck it, I thank God for that. <laughs> they, they think only their business, their business is unique. And of course, you and I, we've seen it hundreds of times over the years, hundreds, literally. If for me, not possibly thousands of times, I've seen clients and, and just people in general who've got the same problems. They, they can't get enough decent clients. They can't sell at high enough fees. They don't have a pipeline to figure it all. Those three things are fucking fundamental. And that, that they can't get out of this cycle. They have to be broken out of by an external force, which is us. But going back to what we were saying, you know, you won't do anything. You can't break a cycle until you, the pain is so great, you will, you will invite something in from the outside or you will accept an outside influence like I did. That article had always been there. It just so happened I saw it on that particular day and it was enough for me to go, fuck. So that very day, I took my bike out in the afternoon. Thought I was going to die, which itself was embarrassing because I always thought I was fairly fit. It all happened in my whole life, really. And although I know I was overweight, I didn't think my fitness had suffered, but it fucking well had. I was choking and coughing and puking. I'd gone just over a mile up the road. Oh, wow. It was uphill. But yeah, it was uphill and it was on a on a track. So not really off-road, but it was hard going. So yeah. about a mile and a quarter and I was going to puke. I had to stop. I eventually got around all five miles and I couldn't cycle for about three days because my ass was so fucking <laughs> sore. <laughs> But then I got back on the bike and within, within two or three months, I'd lost a shitload of weight. I'd started doing the weights and stuff because a mate of mine was a, a UK bodybuilding champion. He gave me a routine to do. It wasn't fair to someone else. And it, I got to the point within, within a very short period of time when the only limiting factor of my cycling was my, my time I had available for it. So I was, you know, and as then you know, for the last 10 years, I've been cycling not so much the last couple of years. It's only, well, the last 18 months. The last... Other than that, the last 10 years, I've been probably cycling anything from at least 10 miles a day, not often you know, 15, 20, depending on how much time I've got. But it took the pain of staying the same to exceed the pain of change. And that was really very simple because it was just, I was aghast at what had happened to myself, you know. And a lot of people are like that, they're in business and it's, I guess it's a bit like boiling the frog. Yeah, they, they don't feel the pain because their situation worsens slowly over time. I bet if that guy we talked about this morning looks back at how he was a year ago or 18 months ago and thinks, fuck, put myself back in a, a working day then compared to now and how much money I wasn't making. It must be appalling. Mm. But the chat, man, but at the time, you know, you can become habituated to anything, even abuse, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just how things are. Well, we often hear that, that, that exact phrase from clients i'm kicking myself i didn't do this sooner uh yeah. i'm now thinking about all, all the the sales i've made and the amount of monies i've i've, I've lost on those sales yeah left on the table yeah yeah i, I feel the same way well i mean i don't because I, I'm, I take it in a more stoic way but i'm aware of the same facts in my own life you know when when i was a copywriter for hire maybe 15 years ago 10 years ago and i wasn't charging as much as i could and I think now, and I could have charged more. But I don't dwell on the past. There's no point. I mean, I learn from it. I don't dwell on it. The past is a little bit like your parents, I suppose. You know, it's all right to go back and visit now and again, but you wouldn't want to go and live there. Fair enough. What if your parents... I really, you know, well, I wouldn't really want to go and visit them then, would I? So that's the point. <laughs> if I went to visit my parents, right, I'd be going to this fucking shitty reservoir. Oh, I remember what it's called now. In Leicester. <laughs> 
I'm not even sure I remember. Oh, was it? We, I remember we scattered the ashes. So I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to find any of them. And if it did, I wouldn't be able to identify them. So that's part mum and dad. <laughs> that, I, mean, I think I've told that story before with a fucking mushroom cloud of exploding parents. You know? Yeah, you have. You have. You have. But yeah, I mean, this is really, really important. People, people don't buy because the, the pain you're expect, you're, you want them to experience in terms of financial outlay, work to implement what you're doing. Uh, disruption to their lives, all the things that's required to get something new. And, it's, and everything new requires something. Sometimes it might be small. If you're buying a uh, a new phone, maybe the pain is small, but it, maybe it's not, you know, because you've got to transfer it or you've got to, you, might, you probably need a couple of hours to sort it out, don't you? But if you're really busy, you don't have that. Everything you buy involves some kind of pain, financial, trouble, the trouble again going to get it, the trouble in choosing it, deciding between models, um, and, and then often incorporating it into whatever part of your life it's in. So, you know, you, you buy yourself a treadmill, all of a sudden you, you've got to think, well, when, when are we going to use it? When are we going to put it? All that, so everything requires, everything involves a bit of pain and effort to get incorporated into your life when you buy it. Well, and if the pain that it's solving isn't greater than the pain of actually getting it into your life, you won't do it. It's fundamental. Yeah. You, you take the path of life resistance, can't be bothered, it's not worth it. Guys, too much fucking trouble. You know? How many times have you said that to yourself about something beneficial? Can't be bothered. Far too often. <laughs> Yeah. far too often so if you think about it that's just another way of saying it's another facet of what i often say and that is you know the, the greater part of success is doing what others won't do not what they can't do what they won't do so you know you, you want to lose weight get a six pack at 56 almost anyone can do it but most just won't you know and the moment they don't want to and that's fine but what i get frustrated by is people say they do want to but then don't because they won't Great thing, a great quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger. His biography, by the way, um, is it Total Recall? It's name of the it's film, isn't it? Name of his film, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the name of his biography too, autobiography. It's really good read. It's a really good read. But one of the things he, it comes out of that is uh, people used to say to him when he was Mr. Olympia, you know, massively muscular and the rest of it, oh, I wouldn't want to look like you. And his, his answer to that was, don't worry, you won't. Yeah. You know? Now, I genuinely wouldn't want to look like him, but I also wouldn't be prepared to put in the work if I, if I did want to be. Mm. Because no, that kind of commitment is a lot more than I'm prepared to give it. So just think of this, everyone listening to this. You know, when you're trying to sell something to someone, think of what you're actually doing. And don't get frustrated if people aren't ready to buy yet. And another thing I would say is, um, moving into the second point I want to make, is they won't buy until they're ready to. This idea that you can convince or compel people is just fa- is false. I get very frustrated with, with copywriters, who, especially when they're selling how to do copywriting products. Um, how to write copy to compel your readers to buy. They're lying. They're talking shit. They are absolutely flat out lying. If they could compel anyone to do anything, they wouldn't be selling $19.99 you know, $19.99 ebooks on Facebook. They would be selling million dollar yachts to Arab sheikhs if yeah. they could compel it. Huh? And their copy is so uncompelling, well, I've not bought anything from them. <laughs> Make of that what you will. So anyway, if you want to sell something, there's three things you need to do. All right. And this, is, this isn't a, a kind of sales, how to do a sales pitch, but it's, it's kind of a bit of a meta level. It's three things to think of. The first is identify a problem. Now, we just talked about pain. Well, what pain are you solving? Because we, we only ever sell anything if it's to solve a problem or cure pain. Same, same you know, two facets, of the, two sides of the same coin. A problem is anything somebody finds troublesome. So what's a problem for me might not be a problem to you. So, you know, for me, a problem might be, I don't know, Okay, yeah, good, good, good one. This a problem for me might be how to deal with a sensory overload in places like 
shopping malls, railway stations, airports, places like that. So that means I'm in the market for things like hats with peaks and, and earplugs, both active and, and passive, whereas other people might not be. That to me is a problem. That's a pain. A pain to someone else, let's say like Gareth's clients who buy very expensive golf clubs and pay a lot of money to learn to play golf is not a problem for me in the slightest. I wouldn't give a shit. You couldn't sell me golf clubs for any amount of money cheaply unless I could sell them onto my profit because I'm just not fucking interested in golf at all ever and indeed what's not a problem for us now might be a problem in the future i mean right now i'm not sitting here other than for this conversation i'm not thinking about how do i fix a how do i get a, a puncture repair kit at this time of the day because i've got a puncture in my bike tire but you can bet your fucking bottom dollar if i was out cycling and all of a sudden there's a fucking blowout as it happened before i'm suddenly interested in how the fuck do i fix this puncture so you know yeah. things change but no one will buy anything unless it's to solve a problem and the problem's going to be great or small they can change over time they change between people and then indeed in the same person they can change the severity over time but no one buys anything unless they actually want to and they always buy it to solve a problem and you can't compel or bore anyone into buying anything or even convince them now that that's just not possible what i say it's not possible it's it's going to be so vanishingly rare you're wasting your time trying there's but there's easier ways to do it second thing is once you've done done that is twist the knife all right often it's as simple as echoing their own words back to them like the photographer and the her husband the plumber who said to me our problem is we're not making enough money to get shitty clients and we don't know where the next sale is coming from the classic three okay and the, the result of the consequence of not getting that problem solved is we're going to have to move back in with my mother, which is my husband's mother-in-law. Can you imagine the pain of that? Seriously, I mean, that's just fucking agonising. Oh, God, the thought of it might give me fucking shivers. Well, when I had the sales conversation, I capitalised on that. Of course I fucking did. They've just told me what their worst nightmare is. Why would I not say back to them, well, okay, so if you don't do this, there's a good chance you're going to be back in with your mother-in-law. You've already told me this. Is that what you yeah. want? No. Well, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing sleazy about that. It would be sleazy if I just made it up. Yeah, that would be sleazy. It would be sleazy if I then started saying, what about your poor children? That kind of thing. But there's nothing wrong. (laughs) Oh, seriously. That that would be sleazy. But there's nothing wrong. If someone's told you what their fears are, there's no point. There's there's nothing wrong in reminding them of those fears. You contacted me for a reason. You just told me, well, let me remind you of why you contacted me. Yeah. So you twist the knife and then just offer them the solution. As I've already said before in previous episodes, if you understand their problem, you show them you understand their problem and their pain, which is kind of what you do when you when you twist the knife because you, you dig into it, literally and figuratively, then they will trust you, you know, Adam, to offer the solution. Now, this is all predicated, by the way, on you telling the truth. I mean, if you can't solve their problem, for fuck's sake, say so. Um, if you're one of these people who sells a widget and you think it's a hammer and every problem's a nail, go somewhere else. I'm not interested in dealing with you because... I mean, we could not solve every marketing problem that comes to, or every business problem that people come to us with because sometimes they don't have a viable business. Sometimes they've got problems we can't really help them with, such as, say they've got staffing problems. It's not really our bag, is it? No, not if that was their biggest. Yeah, yeah. If someone, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. If someone comes to us and they say, yeah, the business is great, systems are great, but we just can't get the right staff, other than telling them to treat their recruitment as a marketing exercise, which we could help them with, probably, I'd send them to someone else who deals with those things. I'm not. That's not my area. Yeah, and it's like yeah, the guy I said before, the bike shop owner wouldn't sell a kid the wrong bike. Well, I won't sell a kid the wrong bike, you know, metaphorically. Yeah. I won't sell someone something that's not right, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm, you know, there's no point in me being dishonest about it. You can sell something like that to someone once, but you won't make any repeat sales and you get yourself a shitty situation. Yeah, yeah. And you, shitty you get found out very quickly. Oh. Found out very quickly. So I'll go, hang on a minute. This is my big problem. You told me I could, you could help me fucking sort it. Where's well, here's the, the thing you say. 
here's the thing it was quite in vogue for people to have partly tacky more we were in black belt for a while and, I, and i'm not including tacky in this by the way he's a, he's a counter example which is why i'm using him they've got this thing where they teach people like us or they, they give people like us systems to help so, help sell high-end 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 programs of various kinds and we got some great stuff from tacky mm-hmm. okay but there are people out there who do a similar thing, usually focusing on coaches, and you know exactly who I'm speaking about now. He's mm-hmm. the guy who talks about how God wants you to be rich. Yeah, um, yeah. They will sell this thing, which is guaranteed to solve your problem. But if it doesn't, they'll tell you things like, you've got the wrong mindset, or you're doing it wrong. That's deeply unscientific. It's what's called an unfalsifiable hypothesis. It works every single time if you do it right. It's not scientific. Okay, because it it doesn't work every time. Not everything we do works every time. That's why we have so many different ways of doing it and why we work with people so closely, because, you know, you'll get someone in a situation which is subtly different from someone else's. They don't get the same results. Then it's hard work. That's why we're mentors and not coaches. Yeah. So, you know, it's duplicitous to sell people a solution which always works. If you it's dishonest in the extreme and we don't do it. So anyway, that's offering the solution. So identify the problem. Twist that fucking knife. And offer the solution, assuming you actually can solve it. Easy peasy, lemon, squeezy. It's not hard. It's not like my dick. <laughs> but when when's the the perfect time to walk people through that three-step plan? Well, here's the thing you're saying. The best time to sell to someone, the perfect time to sell to someone, and this is going to disappoint a lot of people, I know, but it explains a lot of why we do what we do and in the way we do it. Perfect time to sell to someone is when they're ready to buy it's as simple as that because yeah you, you can egg it on a little bit i mean a good example might be if you're putting up your putting up your prices you might say to people make a general announcement we're putting up the prices at the beginning of april so anything you buy this month is at the old price but then in april it's going up um, and then what you will do is you'll get people you know they'll buy a buy ahead i've done it before there's nothing wrong with that at all but at that point you're still ready to buy now when i just said about it this kind of explains the way we do things and, and indeed the way we teach us to do it is this is why we do daily emails this is why we do a monthly newsletter this is why we do a daily podcast this is why we do stuff relentlessly and repetitively and don't worry too much about the individual performance of any given episode email sales letter newsletter or anything else because it's a you know we know say out of every thousand people out of that thousand people who might see it every day, say, I mean, they don't watch everything every day. But if they did, it may be that on any given day, only 10 of them will want to buy. But it would be a different 10 every day. So we have to get in front of all thousand of them every single day. So the morning, yeah. Fred wakes up in the morning and he thinks, fuck, another long week on the building site. I'm going to do something about this this week. I've got to do it this week because otherwise it's going to kill me. Well, I've just found out the wife's pregnant again. So nine months, I've got to get the six in the next nine months because then the baby's coming. And I want to be at home by five o'clock every day. On that day, the person who's been in his inbox every day for the last five years with a fucking relentless message on marketing, he's the guy who'll get the business. Now, I remember my last event I did in November 2017 was the attitude adjustment. I think it was one of my best events. Everyone who went to it was my best event. And it was woefully unsubscribed because it's not sexy. It's not social media marketing or TikTok or anything else. One of the guys who turned up paid me 2k for a ticket i think it was it was a 2k event he came along he'd bought from me once in at the time four years and he'd paid 20 quid for a book he'd been on my list he'd been in my, my emails most days and he hadn't bought anything until that day he woke up and thought fuck this is just what i need and he came along well that's how it works you know you'll get people pop up and buy things from you when they are ready to buy vegard remember vegard yeah 
he didn't join Elite for something like two and a half years, and he kept saying, I am going to join, but it's not ready yet. And the reason he wasn't ready was because he had a baby. Well, his wife did anyway. His wife had a baby, and he says, I don't want to leave her with a young baby at home while I come to the UK for, well, Ireland for a, effectively a week's travelling. So he waited. And when he was ready, he bought. You know, so people are ready to buy when they're ready to buy. So yeah, go back to what I said a minute ago. These these complete fucking douchebag cockwombles. You say, oh, you can write copy that compels people to buy. Mm. You know, forces them to put their hand in their pocket to pay money. It's this bullshit. They yeah, are lying all, scumbag. They really all salesmen, are. All salesmen who are so pushy and it's just that continuous, continuous high pressure sales with endless discounts and just lies and deceit. It's oh. just like... You don't realise what you're doing to your price, your reputation, your future sales, your refund rate. If you just wait until they're ready to buy and then you deliver a world-class sales experience, everyone wins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you remember that that guy who was in the same line of work that Tacky's in? He's kind of named after a, a kitchen appliance. Yes. Yeah? How his stuff is always six grand, but today is 19.97 for today only. Yeah. I bet if we were to Google it now, I bet it's still 1997 today. Oh, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's 1,997, by the way. You know, He still yeah. this thing, he says it's 6K, but just, just a limited time, it's on discount to, to, to 1997. And I actually emailed him about that and, and said, I don't understand, because they, they got in touch, you know, as they do their sales process. And you know the bullshit excuse they gave me? Oh, it's an old page, we haven't got around to changing it yet. I said, but this is three weeks ago. You're lying, man. And the, the irony is, from all in, from what I'm aware of, his quality, his stuff is really good quality as well. He's, he's it's a shame because he, he doesn't need to do it. He's super smart, super good stuff. It's just That's what I've heard. Yeah, I've never seen yeah. it myself, but I've heard that his stuff is top quality, better than the other. Jesus wants you to be a rich bloke. Miles better. No, the, his um, he's the sort of guy where I wouldn't want to buy his course. I'd want to pay him as much money as possible to spend a day with him or join a mastermind if I could get over that sleazy tactic. Because things like that for me are hard to get over. But yeah, yeah, I, 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 he, I he's he's a hundred percent wired up like you, John. To be honest, without the uh, <laughs> the morals yeah, and the principles, integrity. yeah, yeah, he just sees numbers and he is very, very fucking yeah. good at manipulating those numbers. <laughs> I mean, I think what it is, I think I think people like to see the short-term gain. I always play the long game. Now, I've always got my eye on the long I mean, this, this is like, even some of the things we, I would say we fundamentally disagree, but some of the times we we disagree on on tactics or strategy in our business. Yeah. I think sometimes it's because I'm thinking longer term than you. Perhaps, perhaps. I mean, it's not a huge issue, but just sometimes, I mean, I'm all, I've always got my eye on not necessarily recruiting new members into foundations and elite, but keeping them when we've got them. That's far yeah. more important. That's almost by design due to our job roles and responsibilities. And if we're not having that tension every now and again, we're probably doing something wrong. The same with Holly. I always say to Holly, look, if I'm not getting annoyed with you and frustrated with you, you're not doing your job. Because it's your job to be the fucking the parachute, the bumpers, the safety net. Much as it is your job to look after the long-term integrity, I'm here to try and just be a tactical wizard and tweak all the knobs as fast as I possibly can, like a crackhead twerking to get his next hit of meth. So, so one minute hate time. I suppose. I, have, I haven't got you sufficiently rolled up. You're just a dumb cunt thinking long-term when you ain't got long to live. <laughs> you fucking wanker. <laughs> you fucking wanker. <laughs> I'm not an idiot, mate. I put the fucking oh, geezer in closer to death on the long-term strategy to look after me. 
<laughs> jo- joking aside, joking aside, getting older is it fucking sucks, you know. I'm fifty fucking six. I don't, I don't believe it. I know it's true, but I still don't believe it. Fifty fucking six. I can remember like it was yesterday, Tuesday, you know. Oh, it was, wasn't it? No, seriously, I, can, I can remember. It, I can remember it being like it was yesterday. Being 16 and, and fucking walking with my first girlfriend across the fields, thinking, what the fuck happened? Where's the last 40 years gone? <laughs> You've had fun. You've lived the life, mate. Well, I have, but it's gone by far too quickly. <laughs> well, uh, apparently I hear on the street, uh, using the power of thought, not only can you fix your eyes, but you can fix your age as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, f- just please don't, you know. There's so many veiled digs and jokes in this podcast. People wouldn't believe it. Right. There's at well, least two million of them. Every there's episode. one thing to be grateful for. No matter all the, and I've made a lot of mistakes in life. Two million. I haven't made two million mistakes. <laughs> I don't owe anyone two million quid. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fucking very long and full. It's today, I think, his webinar. It is. Five till seven? I don't know. I won't be on it. Well, no, I mean, well, no we'll, we'll be with our clients on the Q&A. Perhaps they won't be on the Q&A, they'll be on his webinar. <laughs> Imagine, no one turns up. Well, I mean, uh, people have asked me, I mean, am I concerned about this chat? I just no, not only because I don't think it's particularly effective or very good, but it's just a different model. It's, it's like comparing, say, McDonald's or a fast food joint with a high-end restaurant, whereas where we're the high-end restaurant. He will do as good in the sense that he will actually prep people for the dining experience of going somewhere better. I'm not saying what he's doing will be bad. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, it will help people, I'm sure. Yeah. But he won't give the same experience we do. And he will prep people. They will go through him and say, this was great, but I want more. No, or, people, or go, people go to him to have their uh, beans on Weetabix and then they'll come to us for their filet mignon. Yeah, I mean, yeah absolutely. I just like that. So, you know, good luck to the guy. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out. I hope he does well, because the better he does, the better we'll do, because he'll just feed people to us, even though he doesn't mean to or want to. Yeah, one, I, I can't remember the phrase, but something about raising tides. Rising tides floats all boats. There we go. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, I've made I'm, several I'm, thinly veiled jokes this episode. I'm being stared at by this Preston. gorgeous little collie on my chair. No, Doris. Well, well just get her to look at you angrily. Because we need to roll you up. Doris does not. Eight. Doris does not have an angry bone in her body. Doris unless, is I'm, an ugly unless, I'm, unless I'm fucking her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, say that. Oh, for fuck's sake! Come on, say hello to me now. <laughs> oh. She wants that angry bone. Yeah, Doris, don't don't come too close, Doris. I'm going to start shouting at the screen. You think I'm angry? You and not. I don't want to upset the dog. Are we really going to cancel a one minute hate because of Doris? What do you think, Doris? What should we do? Oh, you can't scare her. You've just, fu- you've just fucking burped at me. I'm going to do the woman in hate. Oh, really? Get her away from right. She's such a beautiful girl. She's so sweet. She's the most obedient dog I've ever had in my life. Her well, recall. So than Sarah. Her, well, obviously, when they don't have to slap Doris. <laughs> we were out the other day and she went after a rabbit and I just called her once and she stopped mid-run and came back to me. That's impressive. That's that impressive. was very impressive. I was impressed myself. It's all on her, not me. Anyway, the one minute hate, people with a fucking entitlement attitude. And I'm particularly thinking about autistic people. Not all of them, obviously, but some of them. Enough that it's fucking irritating to be associated with them. All right, are you ready for it? I'm fucking ready! Uh, I'm money kidding. Are you steady? I'm very steady. Look at that. <laughs> for those on audio only, John made an awful joke where his hand was shaking when he did that. And that's why you should watch us elsewhere. Anyway, hey, Siri, mm-hmm. start a timer for one minute. One minute.
Right. People with an entitlement attitude. That is, they somehow feel deserving of an entitled to your services, to your products, to your attention, to your, to your goodwill. The worst of it is people who are autistic and think the world owes them something that it doesn't. A classic case of this was a woman who wrote a blog post. I thought it was a fucking joke. I thought it was satire. It fucking wasn't. She said... Having a sexual partner is a neurotypical privilege. And get this, government should do something about it. What the fucking holy fucking shitting fuck are you talking about? How can the government step in and ensure autistic people can get their fucking leg over? What are they going to do? Make people have sex with autistic folk? I mean, can you imagine having sex with an autistic person at the point of a gun? It's fucking dribbling fulgum. <laughs> Just because they're entitled to have sex. You are entitled to three things in life. One, to be left alone to make your own mistakes. Two, to have your property rights respected. And three, not to be defrauded in your contracts. That is it. You have no more entitlement. That is it. Hey, Siri, stop. Here's the thing, you see. People say about healthcare is a, is a, is a human right. It cannot be because someone has to provide it. You know? It's not a human Nothing right. anyone else has to provide can possibly be a right. No. In my opinion healthcare systems are about the only useful thing governments tend to do well uh, they don't even do that well i was about to say but they don't do it well but it, it, that's a different conversation no you're not entitled to healthcare. you should be you're not entitled to healthcare. you're not entitled to a sexual partner you're not entitled i mean i've even seen people say right that having internet access is now a human right how can that possibly be yeah yeah it's pretty crazy it's just fucking wrong you've got the right to be left alone that's about it <laughs> anyway we've been going on for long enough now so we have you, and i need a wee if you want to make more money with less work less hassle a fewer headaches serve what's he doing he's, he's rattling something attract better clients charge higher fees and have the whole thing fed by a pipeline which itself is kept moist and turgid by systems running in the background hands off and on autopilot you need to go to ottpodcast.co.uk and grab the resources there as well as listening to this episode and others you would also see that since yesterday which was tuesday or wednesday because this is coming out on thursday i fixed it with a problem with the rest api which i've fixed so that's all good now and in the meantime stay safe stay inside wash your hands please do not cultivate an attitude of entitlement because it makes you a cock wumble and do not shit on your fingers goodbye bye